0: Welcome to the Regular Planning Commission meeting. Uh, It's Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Regular meetings of the Blacksburg Planning Commission are held on the first Tuesday of each month at 6.30 in the Roger E. Hedgepath Chambers here in the Blacksburg Municipal Building at 300 South Main Street. Citizens may address the commission during specified times on the agenda and are requested to adhere to the following. Please speak at the podium, state your name and address, direct comments only to the commission, please limit speaking time to a maximum of three minutes and speak only once during a specific hearing or comment period. A Wireless microphone is available to anyone requesting the assistance. Please silence cell phones, show respect for all speakers and allow all opinions to be expressed in the tolerant atmosphere. And with that, we'll call the meeting to order. May we have a
1: roll call, please? Mr. Ford. President. Mr. Herbine. Here. Ms. Jones. Mr. Kassoff. Present. Ms. Reinhardt. Here. Ms. Walker. Here. Mr. Watson. Present. And I am here. We have a quorum. Wonderful. Our first item
0: on the agenda is the consent agenda. And the first item on the consent agenda is approval of planning commission minutes uh, from November 1st, 2022. Uh, through December 6, 2022, and January 3, 2023. And the action is to approve. The second item is SUB 23001, a major subdivision preliminary plat review for 51 lots on 36 acres at 2150 Progress Street, Northwest, for Northside Park revised Section 12 by Balser and Associates. And the action there is to schedule a public hearing for March 7, 2023. The third item is rezoning 23001 Ordinance 2014, which is a request to rezone 0.816 acres of land from DC downtown commercial to PR planned residential at 2208 uh, Turner Street Northwest by Steve Simonis of Balzer Associates, the applicant. For 208 turner llc the owner and the action is to schedule a public hearing for march 7 2023 fourth item on the consent agenda is cup 23001 which is a conditional use permit request for medium industrial use in the industrial zoning district at 3210 commerce street by larry bullock of boxley ready mix the applicant for Henry and Susan Henderson, the owners, and the action is to schedule a public hearing for March 7th, 2023. The fifth item on the consent agenda is rezoning 22004, Ordinance 2007, which is a request to rezone 44.85 acres of vacant land from RR1, Rural Residential, to PR, Planned Residential, at 1006 glade spring road by meredith meredith jones of eden and associates the applicant for carrie hopper of glade spring crossing llc the owner and the action there is to cancel the february 7th 2023 public hearing and reschedule for march 7 2023 with that do we have a motion
2: uh, i move planning commission Uh, approve the consent agenda as presented. Second. All those
0: in favor?
1: Aye.
3: Aye.
0: Wonderful. Moving on to public hearings for the evening. Our first public hearing is conditional use permit 22007. Conditional use permit request for personal improvement services in the office zoning district at 2200 South Main Street by Stall Fitness LLC, the applicant, for AWA 2200 Holdings LLC, the owner. And we have a staff presentation.
4: As Andy mentioned, this is CUP 22-0007 for personal improvement services in the office zoning district at 2200 South Main Street. The acreage is 0.1 acres. Um, as part of the building, but a 2.886 acre total site. The current use is office for TRC companies. The current zoning is office and the proposed use is personal improvement services for fit body bootcamp. This is an aerial showing the parcel outlined in blue South main street l- runs along the frontage of the parcel. And you can also see the bus stop locations on this image. In terms of existing conditions, the building itself is about 20,000 square feet. It's a multi-tenant building and it's currently undergoing renovations. It was previously occupied uh, occupied by Moog Components. TRC currently occupies about 16,000 square feet for the office use and Fit Body Bootcamp is proposing to operate in the remaining 4,000 square feet. This is an image just showing the outside of the site from the front of the building. As I mentioned, the request is for personal improvement services. The business itself has been operating in Blacksburg since 2017 and has outgrown the current location at Tech Village Center um, along Prices Fork Road. Office is a by-right use, but personal improvement services are allowed by CUP in the office district, and no additional exterior improvements are proposed with the application. This was included in your staff report and just uh, includes the zoning definitions for both general office, which is part of the use for the building, and then the proposed personal improvement services. Conditional use permits are evaluated per section 1181 of the zoning ordinance for conformity to the comprehensive plan, the zoning ordinance, and a minimum adverse impacts. This shows the future land use for the parcel. Again, the parcel is outlined in blue. You can see that the future land use is commercial. It's also included in mixed-use area um, F, which is shown with that red bubble that you see going through the parcel. For For commercial future land use, the specific uses are governed by the implementing zoning districts, and again, personal improvement services are allowed by CUP in the office zoning district. This is also an employment area on the Neighborhood Employment and Service Areas map and additional information on the comp plan was found within your staff report. This map shows the zoning for the area and the subject parcel is outlined in blue. You can see the zoning here is office, there's also research and development nearby as well as um, planned residential and general commercial. On the screen, you can see the office zoning district standards. This does show all of the district standards which are met and no changes are proposed with the current building. We also look at use and design standards when evaluating conditional use permits. Section 4545 has these for personal improvement services, but it only applies to downtown commercial and general commercial zoning. So no uh, use and design standards apply. We also look at development standards. In terms of vehicular parking, there are several interconnected parking areas to be shared between the TRC office and the proposed gym. There are about 75 vehicular parking spaces, including three ADA parking spaces. The use requires 15 shared spaces based on business operations, and that was determined in discussion with the zoning administrator. Staff does find that the existing parking is adequate. With respect to bike parking, five five parking spaces are required. And you may recall this is a revision. Six spaces are proposed. This shows the uh, site layout. And this just does show the addition of the bicycle. Sorry about that. It does show the addition of the bicycle parking located here. This does also show proposed building signage along the wall of the building as well as an existing monument sign other land um, other development standards include landscaping landscaping does exist on the site and no additional landscaping is proposed or required for the application with respect to signage we did receive additional information regarding the wall sign that's proposed for the business it'll be white or gray backlit letters the dimensions may vary a little bit from what's proposed in the application but the application does indicate that it will meet office zoning standards And there's also a monument sign provided, uh, that'll be provided by the owner for both tenants. This shows that proposed wall signage on the left, and then the monument signage, what that may look like on the right. With respect to public infrastructure, public water, sanitary sewer and stormwater services already exist and serve this site as it is an existing building. Trip generation information was provided as a part of the application. Town engineering staff reviewed this, and the trip generation is expected to have a negligible impact on the adjacent road network. No improvements are warranted or proposed. In terms of solid waste and recycling, the use is um, the building is currently served by a shared dumpster, and no changes are proposed. There was a neighborhood meeting that was held on Wednesday, January 11th. There were several attendees. And uh, noise was one of the main concerns that was brought up at the meeting. In terms of other adverse impacts, we look at um, hours of operation um, and noise, other things like that. For hours of operation, the applicant is proposing 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. and no classes or workouts outside of the building. With respect to noise, we did receive an update that the applicant is working with an acoustic consultant for sound separation inside the building. There is one staff recommended condition that the um, the use be developed in substantial conformance with the application. You may recall there was previously a bike parking condition that was removed with the re- revision to the application showing the bike parking on site. That concludes my presentation. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Questions for staff?
0: Okay, hearing none, uh, we'll hear from the applicant.
5: Steve Simonis with Balser & Associates. I've got a very, very short presentation uh, this evening. I won't use my, my 10 minutes tonight for sure. Um, I, I did just want to uh, just address a couple of the items that Kali that mentioned. We really only heard three, uh, three things that we needed to update from our Planning Commission work session meeting, which was the signage, which we've shown you tonight um, after talking with the, uh, the Fit body, the signage they have currently at Price's Fork, is more in line with that building itself. It was the one in our original application, so she wanted to get something more uh, true to the Fit Body brand, um, which is why we've got the signage shown on the front of the building as it is now. The parking spaces, the bike parking spaces that staff had recommended we we install, we've got those in. And I know there were questions about the noise, um, so we have reached out, and I believe I mentioned this at our work session meeting, we have reached out to Stewart Acoustical, which is an acoustic specialist out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, we have provided them decibel readings at the current FitBody location as well as the type of equipment they plan to use. The biggest concern that they have is if, with music, you know, so a loud bass, um, that thumping noise is what really vibrates through the, through the buildings and through the walls. So uh, we're working with FitBody as far as what type of equipment they're going to use, what type of microphones, if the speakers will be mounted or on the floor. If they're on the floor, you can... You can uh, tune down that sound a little bit. You can isolate that sound a little bit more, so we're working on those. Uh, the consultants, their next step, they would come up and actually do measurements in FitBody. They would do measurements next door at the existing TRC space to see what those decibel uh, levels are right now, and then work with us as we go through the design on that sound separation uh, wall itself. The, the good part about it is, Kylie, um, could you scroll that down just a hair to the, to the floor plan, I'm sorry. You can see just below where it says women's toilet, the restroom's right there. It's kind of that lower, that lower angle where you see strength training. Um, that's where we've got the common wall between TRC. We do have a common wall up above that where it goes up to the unisex toilet then around to the break room. But again, you've got, you've got other uses in there which will help buffer some of that sound. So it's really um, that, that lower right-hand corner of the building that we're gonna have to pay some special attention to. We provided the existing building plans to the acoustical consultant as well, so they'll be using those and their recommendations to us. Um, so it's probably gonna be a couple months before we get all that information back, but I did wanna let Planning Commission know we, we are addressing that. And um, as, as I think I mentioned in our last meeting, that's in the, the building owner's best interest to get this taken care of. So while it's not technically a land use issue, it is something we wanna try to deal with. So I'm happy to answer any questions. If the Planning Commission has any questions for the applicant? All right.
0: Hearing none, uh, now an opportunity for public comment if there's anyone who would like to address the commission on this particular public hearing.
3: Hey. Good afternoon. Thank you for the chance to speak. Uh, I represent TRC companies. Uh, it's basically TRC engineers. Uh, we are a civil engineering firm, used to be Drake Reagan Associates, and we occupy the space. Mm-hmm. That would be adjacent to the uh, proposed use. Uh, noise is a, a concern for us. Um, during the uh, time I've been at TRC, uh, there's been a lot of construction remodeling going on in that proposed use space, and uh, uh, I happen to be near that uh, that wall he was pointing out. And even though I have a enclosed office myself, a lot of my colleagues, my my team works out in the open and kind of a a wide open common area so uh, during construction we could hear the sound of uh, music from the construction crew pumping through the wall um, with bass i think that was considerably less than what we can expect from the uh, proposed fitness center Um, we could hear the saws we could hear conversations Um, that is uh, that is not conducive to a an engineering company trying to work it is a it is uh, an intrusion. So uh, that stated, I know they're working. They say they're working with the acoustical expert, and uh, that, that's great. But there is um, above that CMU wall, it's, it's drop ceiling and it's open space there. So um, so not only are my workers um, my workers affected by it, uh, my front desk is affected by it, and our conference room where we meet with clients is up near that front um that 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 wall as well so um i I suppose if 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 that can be mitigated that's great we have no problem with with another use being there but i just myself and my colleagues we don't clearly see how the uses are compatible with one another Uh, so uh, and then and uh you know drape braden's been of this community for a number of years we are now trc but uh, same staff people work in this community they live in this community and uh, we just want to make sure that we can continue to uh, uh, do our work and prosper could you say your name please Uh, i'm sorry my name is jim henniger thank you i'm with trc engineers great thank you questions thank you thank you
0: Any further public comment on this particular public hearing? All right, um, hearing none. Um, applicant rebuttal.
5: Planning no, no. commission has any further questions after Mr. Penner's?
0: Okay. Any? Okay. All right. Uh, do we have a motion on uh, for this public hearing?
2: Um, I move Planning Commission recommend approval of CUP 22-0007 as presented with the staff recommendation recommended condition.
1: Second.
0: Any discussion?
6: Can I ask a point of clarification? I think sure. this came up at um, the work meeting around this. This question, which is real and very, I have a lot of empathy for um, the other tenant—that's really beyond our purview. Am I correct that that's that's really a conversation? This is really just for my own edification. That in some ways it's about a landlord and tenant choices. Is that the case?
0: Yeah, that 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 is the case. It's a it's a a, a use that's you know a, a buy right use yeah. uh, essentially. They're. Um, it, it really is, since it's inside the building itself, yeah. um, it's not a land use determination. It, it's just a, um, and, and therefore, we can't really
6: Speak to that concern. Speak
0: to that issue. You know, it is, a, it could be a potentially unfortunate marriage of uses, mm-hmm. but that's really going to be the headache of the owner. Uh, down the road to make their tenants happy um, so if the owners willing to take on that burden um, you know all, all we can speak to is whether or not it's a uh, uh, if we support the conditional use for in that in that uh, district I
7: have a question for staff? it's a conditional use right so I mean we can add conditions right yeah I mean so I mean you know the owner and the the applicant have expressed you know what they're doing with the trying to make it a little better with between the two I mean can that you know that's 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 been spoken of but it's not really a proper or, or well I'm sorry that's probably not the right term but anyway it's not you know you know, we're, we're going on their word, not that I question their word, but we're still, I mean, is there any room to codify any of that, or is that?
4: You could certainly draft a condition um, to address that. Um, I think it depends on what you're looking for as an outcome of that. Um, I would say that the revisions to the application included the cover letter that notes what they are doing. Um, so, you know, I think that is a part of the application, what they're pursuing currently, but I, I think um, it'd be dependent on what you're looking to get out of that condition. Is it that they're working with an acoustical consultant? Is it specific, some <clears throat> specific outcome from that? Um, that's kind of, I think, the, the challenge of that type of condition.
0: Use. Yeah. I mean, is it, a, a, and I, the question is, you know, is the personal improvement uh, service an appropriate use in, in this district, and
7: but we are, if you read, if you read the conditional use. I mean, we're supposed to be looking at noise, it's smells. A, yeah. There's those things. You know, we're looking at those impacts. That's yes. why it's a conditional use. So we, I mean, it's weird. It's normally the impacts occurring on an adjacent parcel, as opposed to inside the, the building. Yeah, I, I don't know.
0: think we can weigh in on that. Yeah. I really don't. I,
1: I, yeah, I would not <laughs> be in support of any additional conditions
0: inside that, the bu- Inside be, the
1: building envelope. I, I, I think the applicant is incurring not insignificant cost to hire an acoustical uh, engineer and or a company to do that. So I it's, it's only in their best interest to keep their tenants happy as well. So I would I wouldn't be in support of additional conditions other than what they've already stated they are undertaking.
0: I I would say, you know, certainly if, if in the absence of the existing tenant, which is, you know, they would we approve? You know, would we have issue with uh, personal improvement service in that building in that district? That's a certainly on the table. If there are issues with that use in the in the absence of the existing tenant, yeah. Uh, but I mean, if, if the motion's on the table to approve based on that use in the district. That's, that's really all we can weigh in on. Once it's inside the building envelope, I don't think we have the ability to dictate. Uh, that's, that's between the building owner and, and their choice of tenants. So with that, we have a motion and a second. Um, all those in favor of a motion and second? all right all those opposed did you get that uh,
8: Ms. Walker are you abstaining? yes oh, okay
0: all right we'll move on uh, the next uh, item on public hearing and next public hearing is rezoning 22003 ordinance 2003 zero zero um, Request for an amendment to a previous rezoning ordinance number seven four six to modify a planned commercial Zoning district including permitted uses at one zero five five plantation road by Broad Street partners the applicant for Blacksburg Green BLD uh, LLC the owner also In this public hearing, uh, we'll hear a combined staff presentation for the CUP 22006, which is a conditional use permit for a mini warehouse use in the planned commercial zoning district at 1055 Plantation Road by Broad Street Partners for uh, Blacksburg Greens BLD. So we'll have a combined staff presentation, a combined applicant presentation, opportunity for public comment, and then uh, we'll have to, we'll follow through with separate motions, one on the rezoning and one on the CUP. So with that, we'll start with the staff presentation.
4: I'll start with the rezoning 22-0003. says the Plantation Road Plan commercial rezoning amendment. The applicant is Broad Street Partners for the owner of Blacksburg Screen, BLD location is 1055 plantation road the parcel size is 4.573 acres of an existing 9.28 acre planned commercial district the current use is vacant again current zoning is planned commercial and the adopted future land use is commercial this shows the area outlined in blue you can see prices fork running along the bottom of the screen the bus stops are also shown on this uh, map, as well as the Creek Valley overlay to the north of the parcel. (laughs) Proposal before you is for a replacement of the concept plan with the proposed application and site layout for only four and a half acres of the site. It also includes changes to the proffers from ordinance number 746, which was from 1987, and as, um, as well as an amendment to allowable uses. And as Andy mentioned, there's also a companion, CUP 22-006, request for mini warehouses. This image was provided by the applicant and shows the subject area in purple. We've changed orientation, so Price's Fork now runs along the right side of your screen. The area in pink, governed by ordinance 746, and again, that is not included in what's being considered this evening. This just shows the general concept plan for the layout, which does show that kind of companion use of the mini warehouses on the back portion of the site and a future commercial use on the front portion of the site. We'll come back to this again. Rezonings are evaluated per Section 1151 of the zoning ordinance for conformity to the comprehensive plan, the zoning ordinance, the need and justification for the change, and the impact on public services and infrastructure, as well as neighboring properties. In evaluating, we first take a look at the comprehensive plan. The future land use is commercial. Specific uses are governed by the implementing zoning district. This is within an urban development area A, which includes notes about traditional neighborhood design, including compact or mixed-use forms, pedestrian and bicycle-friendly streets, and an interconnected transportation network. This is also considered commercial on the neighborhood employment and service areas map that was discussed in your staff report. This is just the map illustrating that information the future land use is um, shown as commercial in pink we also look at the intent of the planned commercial district which is shown on the screen and was provided in your staff report as with other planned districts planned commercial allows for some flexibility in standards but does require a binding plan this shows the current zoning for the site In the purplish gray, you can see the planned commercial. You can also see planned residential, as well as rural residential one and office zoning in the surrounding area. This is a table showing a comparison between ordinance 746, which is the 1987 planned commercial zoning district, followed by a, um, a column with current zoning requirements for planned commercial. And finally, the last column has the proposed district standards. We'll cover these um, in the next several slides as well but I do want to highlight here we have front side and rear setbacks of 10 foot feet proposed with additional front setback of 35 feet for the mini warehouses and 80% impervious lot coverage and minimum open space um, to address the 1987 standard where none was specifically required on this the setbacks are shown you can see these areas Um, Along here are those 10-foot side and rear, with the mini warehouses having a larger setback from Plantation here, and the setbacks are highlighted on the front lot as well. This also shows the open space. This has been revised um, from the original application, and it does meet the use and design standards as proposed. That's shown here in the green on the screen along the back here, as well as here and here. As we look at the changes proposed to the ordinance 746 and the related proffers, we'll first look at fast food or drive-in restaurant use. The 1987 ordinance specifically prohibits these um, these uses. The proposal is to remove the restriction and allow for these uses specifically with the granting of a CUP, and that is part of the proffer statement. There'll be more discussion of uses later in the presentation. We also look at buffer yards. The 1987 ordinance requires a 35 foot west buffer yard and a 30 foot east and north buffer yard. Um, A type C buffer yard would be required between planned commercial and any residential districts under the current zoning ordinance. And then the applicant is proposing a 15 foot west buffer with evergreen trees only with some retaining wall areas and then proposing a 50 foot type C vegetative buffer to the north, which is adjacent to residential zoning. This illustrates, uh, this is the landscape plan, and does illustrate those buffer yards. This would be that 50-foot vegetative buffer along the northern. Again, this area is zoned residentially. Then we have the uh, 15-foot buffer here, along with retaining wall areas, and then additional trees along that. Lot coverage was also mentioned in that ordinance specifically, and we've previously covered it in an earlier slide. In terms of green space and landscaping, the ordinance 746 requires 10 foot width green space areas. Uh, The proposal is to meet current zoning ordinance, parking requirements for dimensions and parking lot landscaping, and meeting the standard for street trees and canopy coverage. Staff does support this revision because the original ordinance is unclear around green space and landscaping. We also look at sidewalks which are required from Ordinance 746. There is an existing sidewalk with no buffer along Price's Fork Road that's proposed uh, to be retained. Ordinance 746 does um, require sidewalks among the commercial uses is the way that language reads. The proposal is for sidewalk with buffer along Plantation Road. They have added a sidewalk to the south side of Crisp, the Crisp Road connection that connects to the retreat trail and also the mini warehouse use. Trail is also being provided along Prices Fork Road, connecting to the existing uh, retreat development trail as well. And this does meet town standards. Ordinance 746 also speaks to connectivity to the west. The proposal does show the connection to crisp road as part of that was built as part of the retreat as required. The ordinance also included provisions for an architectural review board. This is not currently existing, likely due to the amount of time that's passed since that was adopted. And the applicant is proposing to remove this proffer. Uh, staff would just note that no info was provided on the architecturals for the future front use, but um, it will any of those future front uses will require a conditional use permit as proffered, so that'll be an opportunity to review the elevations of those um, any of those uses. The applicant is also proposing an amendment to the allowable uses um, from ordinance 746. There was also a 2006 zoning determination that was provided with your first staff report that clarified um, how those uses may have changed with the 1997 townwide rezoning. That did just specify that no residential or civic uses were permitted. And the applicant has revised this list since the original application They have a proposed new list of allowable uses which was included as exhibit a to the proffer statement it does specify um, the application does specify many warehouses for the rear portion of the site and that the front one acre parcel would be shown as future commercial development and then they've also proffered that all future uses for that lot in the front will require a public hearing through the cup process This just goes on to detail the list of allowable uses, as shown in Exhibit A. As I mentioned, this was included in your staff report and um, in the attached application revisions. All of those uses would be by conditional use permit. With respect to bicycle and pedestrian improvements, sidewalks have been previously covered. There is an existing five foot bike lane on prices fork road for the majority of the parcel frontage. The applicant has requested a variance to section 5321, of the subdivision ordinance, which does require that bike lanes be provided on collector and arterial streets of which prices fork is one justification was provided in a letter um, with the application and noted physical infrastructure challenges and provision and the provision of other bike ped infrastructure within the application staff does recommend that the lane be reconfigured on prices fork to extend the bike lane to the intersection with plantation road and that's specifically supported by the prices fork road safety and mobility study with respect to blacksburg transit there are several stops along prices fork road and those were shown on the aerial With respect to transportation, cross access is required between the mini warehouse use and the future commercial development area and is shown on the site layout. The applicant has included a proffer to dedicate uh, the cross access easement now and consider the specific location and construction during any CUP process for that future development of lot two in the front. Lot two access will require a traffic um, improvement analysis sorry, traffic impact analysis. It'll be evaluated at the conditional use permit stage and will be required to meet VDOT access management regulations. This was covered in detail in the transportation memos. Staff would also note that based on proposed the proposed lot configuration, some higher trip generating uses may not be approvable in a future CUP request based on the type and location of access. With respect to easements, public utility easements are required as they are subdividing the lot and have been shown on the plan. These do meet town standards. just want to show this again to show that cross-access area that's kind of shown in the um, orange hatching between the two um, parcels here. And then you can also see some of the public utility easements that run along the property lines as well. With respect to sanitary sewer, the submittal includes a variance request and justification to allow for a private pumped system, a private force mainline, and private manhole. Um, Additional detail on this was provided in the sewer engineering memo, and staff does support this as the most practical manner to provide public sanitary sewer to lot one. With respect to water, there are no negative impacts anticipated, and additional info can be provided at the site plan stage. With stormwater management, a revised concept plan was provided and has been approved at this time. Several items are to be addressed at the site plan stage if approved. There was a neighborhood meeting held. It was a joint meeting for both the rezoning and the CUP, which I'll cover next. On November 8th, the notes and the sign-in sheets were provided with the staff report. This shows the most recent proffer statement for the application. The first proffer relates to substantial conformance with the application. The second relates to future uses being by conditional use permit only. And the third deals with cross access easement as well as temporary construction easement to allow for the construction of cross access between lots one and lots two. I mentioned several variances have been requested the sewer related variances are covered under three sections and the bike lane related is covered under one section I'll stop there for a minute to see are there any questions relating to the rezoning
2: to clarify so the bike lane related variance request that's right up there we're talking about the bump on Bryce's Fork? Yes. for clarity. Okay, um, and I do, well, I'll save my other question
1: later. Well, well I was gonna have a similar question, I think, Joel, but was is the variance request to not extend it as recommended by staff to the intersection? Correct. Okay, just wanna clarify that.
4: Okay, I'll switch to the CUP next. We have the same applicant and owner, this location is the same, and I'll cover um, several more items for the CUP. This development, The development proposal is for a mini warehouse use, approximately 100,000 square feet of storage space. The building itself is two stories with a basement, 820 storage units of varying sizes. The CUP request is contingent on approval of the rezoning which we just covered. The mini warehouse use is not currently allowed in this planned commercial district, which again is governed by that ordinance 746 from 1987. You can see that this request for the CUP is for a portion of the parcel only, not the front portion, which would be a future um, commercial use. Again, we show the outline of the, the area in blue, the Creek Valley along the rear and bus stops shown along Price's Fork Road. For existing conditions the parcel is vacant there's grass and asphalt towards the front of the property but the rear is primarily wooded the site does slope away from pisces fork road and again creek valley overlay is found at the rear as i previously mentioned cup's are evaluated per section 1181 of the zoning ordinance for conformity to the comprehensive plan the zoning ordinance and minimum adverse impacts this was also included in your staff report as with the rezoning, we also evaluate the CUP with respect to the comprehensive plan. The future land use is commercial. Mini warehouse use is allowed by CUP in planned commercial when it's specifically allowed in a planned commercial district. Again, this is a portion um, the parcel is within the urban development area A and is a commercial area on the neighborhood employment and service areas map. This shows the future land use. Again, it's shown here in pink for commercial. And the zoning, the purple gray is the planned commercial district with planned residential to the west and RR1 to the north. This shows the zoning district standards for planned commercial. This analysis for the application is based on the proposed standards from the related related rezoning should it be approved these are all met as proposed this shows that same site layout which does show uh, this front rear and side setbacks maximum lot coverage and open space several district standards address building and site design with respect to building design The building itself is two stories with a basement there are again 820 storage units 50 of those units would have exterior access this does have a significantly larger footprint than surrounding buildings which you can see on the aerial there is a mix of building materials being used with storefront window areas stone veneer accents and significant vertical building articulation these um, elevations were provided as part of the application the top Elevation here does face the hotel. The bottom um, one here shows facing the retreat. You can see there is an area in the middle that is a drive-in corridor. You can see along the front, the storefront window areas. And then these green doors on both sides are the exterior units' access. These are the other elevations. The top faces the north, which would be the residential zoning that's currently vacant, and the bottom faces um, plantation and Price's Fork Road towards that general direction. This was also included in the application, which does give a little bit more detail as to the materials. The basement is concrete masonry units. The first and second stories include metal siding. The doors of the exterior doors are metal roll-up doors. The front, as I mentioned, has large storefront windows. And there are areas with stone veneer as well. The applicant also included several renderings within the application. This shows the retreat side of the application. And I point this one out primarily for the green area. The next slide does show the HVAC units, which will be behind that parapet wall you can see here. Where those are screened from view by that parapet we also look at development standards the first we'll look at is landscaping the submittal does show street trees parking lot landscaping revised buffer yards and tree canopy calculations the buffer yards were discussed with the rezoning and these standards are met this again shows the landscape plan which does include all of those elements you can see the buffer yard along the west and northern uh, areas as well as street trees and canopy coverage calculations. We also look at vehicular parking. The submittal includes approximately 560 square feet of office. Three spaces would be required with a maximum of four being allowed. That's based on a one space per 250 square feet of office space and two spaces for per on-site caretaker residents, of which none are proposed. However, based on the number of units and the scale, and in discussion with the zoning administrator, parking above the maximum is appropriate in this location and can be considered as part of the conditional use permit. Seven spaces are proposed. The applicant has also included a vehicular loading space, a Class B space within that drive-in corridor, meeting the town standard. With respect to bicycle parking, the revised submittal shows five bicycle parking spaces. The type and spacing can be confirmed at the site plan stage. Signage is also proposed, um, and that is shown as part of the rezoning. There are also several use and design standards for the mini warehouses. This is section 4541. The first is that the minimum front setback uh, for a mini warehouse use is 35 feet. This is met. Second being that there be no obstructions to vehicle access in the front yard. The submittal does include information of the location for security fencing and the gates, and this standard is also met. The next two standards, three and four, Um, involve the rental units uh, the exterior rental units the the doors and where they face no door openings can face residentially zoned properties and doors should face interior to the site the applicant is requesting exceptions to both of these standards and did provide justification in their application including information that this is a small percentage of the overall unit count and noting the narrowness of the facility and um, that the type of facility is different than what might typically be associated with many warehouses. They also included information about the proximity to other nearby residential structures, which would be about 425 feet from the retreat and 230 feet from a future residential use to the north. We have some additional use and design standards. Resident managers are permitted, though none are proposed. The roof shape and materials should be compatible with surrounding um, neighboring buildings. This does have a flat roof with metal cap proposed and some height changes in the roofing structure. Nearby roofs include flat with parapet walls, metal hip roof, and shingle gable roof shapes with dormers. The last one is that views shall be buffered from public rights-of-way and the renderings show the view from Plantation Road area with trees. Um, also being proposed along this entrance. With respect to um, pedestrian improvements and impacts on infrastructure, sidewalks are required and are proposed. These were discussed with the rezoning and can be shown here along plantation as well as along crisp road with a crosswalk to the building and a connection to the trail. We also look at transportation impacts a level of service analysis was provided the analysis does include the cross connection to the retreat as envisioned during its development and the 1987 rezoning prices fork and plantation intersection will be impacted with increased delay and queuing the overall um, impact based on these changes to the level of service is acceptable per town code and no improvements are warranted or recommended and additional information on this was provided in your engineering memo. With respect to cross access and public utility easements, both of these were previously discussed with the rezoning and do apply here as well. Solid waste and recycling is also reviewed. The submittal does propose a dumpster and enclosure in the northeast corner of the parcel. It will be locked and it's intended for use by the on site management only. Water um, and stormwater management were both covered as part of the rezoning. Sanitary sewer was also covered, and I just note again, sewer variances are requested that were covered with the rezoning as well. We also look at business operations. The revisions did include narrative regarding operations, including information about the hours of operation, which are proposed to include Monday to Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. with on-site management, as well as seven days a week, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. for after hours access. The applicant has indicated that lighting will meet town standards and that access is being provided fully around the building. Again, there was a neighborhood meeting for both the CUP and the rezoning jointly, and those sign-in sheets and notes were attached to your staff report. There are two staff recommended conditions. The first is related to substantial conformance with the application as well as the rezoning and the second is regarding um, the bicycle parking specifically just the type of bicycle parking to be provided and then this is a summary of the exceptions and variances requested Um, and i've tried to note here the unit doors those are two use and design standards those apply to the cup the parking above the maximum is also for the cup the sewer related and bike bike lane related are rezoning and CUP because those are related to the subdivision of the parcel itself. Um, I also would note I said that signage was covered previously and I don't have any signage slides. So I apologize for that, but I can answer any questions relating to signage. The applicant is proposing um, three wall signs on the mini warehouse building. Um, as well as a shared tenant monument sign along the frontage of the parcel on Price's Fork Road that would be used by the whole planned commercial district. Um, And all of those, and future wall signage on the lot too, would, as well as the other signs I already mentioned, would all meet general commercial district standards in terms of size. And then the applicant is also proposing one additional freestanding sign to be placed along the mini warehouse site entrance at the corner of plantation road and the site entrance that would typically not be allowed within the general commercial district because there's not enough frontage for it Um, but the application is proposed the applicant is proposing that as part of the rezoning request and the signage plan that concludes my presentation and i'd be happy to answer any questions you have
0: questions for staff i've got one can you like Pull up a diagram what, what I don't know what would be best uh, in terms of the figures and just walk us through staff's recommendation for the bike path or, or the bike extension bike lane extension
4: so this will probably be the best image to show the area um, it's <laughs> not very zoomed in, but the area we're specifically talking about is along Price's Fork Road. The bike lane does exist for this portion, so the majority of the frontage. The area we're talking about is here to reconfigure, which would require moving of the um, sidewalk area, curb and gutter. Um, There's a utility box in the ground that would need to be relocated along with that. Those are the primary items in coordination with engineering that we found would need to be adjusted as part of that. Um, The applicant will be doing some work in this area, not specifically that work, but some work in this area in order to build the sidewalk that goes here as well as the trail, which ties in here.
0: Okay. Um, And can you, I know this is way back in the rezoning presentation, but can you, up the list of uh, proposed or allowable uses. So, just to be clear, these are the only uses that would be allowable, but each of them would require a conditional use permit.
4: That's correct. For lot two in the front, these uses would be allowed only by conditional use permit.
0: So no additional uses would be allowed?
4: Correct, unless the applicant came back to amend the rezoning in the future.
0: Would they have to, so would they amend the rezoning or would they amend the planned commercial district?
4: That would be amending the rezoning if they wanted to make changes to the planned commercial district. These uses on the screen would be allowed by conditional use permit if the rezoning is approved. Okay,
2: great, thank you. Can you leave that list up? I have a couple of procedural questions to ask. So if we failed to recommend approval for the rezoning, are we going to vote on the CUP? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I think so. All right. No, I just, it's important um, for how votes fall, so I think everybody, I just wanted to make sure, I mean, we're passing recommendations to town council, we're not finalizing anything, so that seems reasonable to me, but I just wanted to make sure that that's what we would do.
4: Yeah, I, I think yes, it is, the CUP is contingent upon approval of the rezoning, so it, It cannot occur unless the rezoning is approved.
2: Right. That's why I was thinking that we might hit an impasse.
4: Right. Um, I feel better prepared to answer that question if it was council taking action than I do for planning commission since it's a recommendation rather than a final action.
2: Right.
0: So that's a good question, though. I would say procedurally we would just address each motion. Uh, and you know we'd we'd act on the rezoning and then we'd act on the CUP, even though then we leave it up to council as to if they want to accept our recommendation on either.
2: Okay, that's fine. Um, then as a a quick extension, just to confirm, if we were to um, want to remove any of the proposed variances, we could do so within the motion. If we wanted to recommend approval, however. Yes. Striking variances that could be part of the motion.
4: Yes. So you okay. would specifically include variances that you would like to grant, and you would not include variances that you did not wish to grant.
0: Okay. So just to be clear, in the motion we we would specifically address each variance, each exception of variance. Yes. Okay.
2: And then, likewise, for our list of uses, do we have line item action on that, or is that listed as a whole group?
4: There would not be line action on any of the uses, because the uses are a part of the proffer statement for the rezoning. So um, if the uses are not desirable, then that you could consider not voting in favor of the rezoning, but you cannot specifically pick and choose which uses would be allowed. That's something the applicant is proffering.
1: Okay. I think I'm done. Keep going, Joe.
0: <laughs> Anything further?
1: Yeah, I would just curious. What is staff's position, if they have one, on the bike lane variance?
4: Staff supports implementation of the bike lane as supported by the Prices Fork Safety and Mobility study.
1: Okay, so not in support of the variance,
4: correct? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> just checking.
6: Super quick uh, clarification on the signage. It's my understanding based on what you just described, that what is being proposed is no different than what it was in the work session. Because we looked at that with some, there's Correct. no change between the work session and now.
5: Correct,
4: there is no change to the signage. I I've, just don't I've, have any slides covered. Don't
6: worry, do not worry. I just wanted to make sure, okay.
4: mm-hmm.
6: thank you.
0: Great. Uh, hearing no more questions to staff on the presentations, the combined presentations, we will have a combined applicant presentation. So I, I guess in theory you have ten minutes on each I'm issue. I'm going quick.
9: Okay. Now you guys have seen this a lot. Um, I'm Craig Steitz with Broadstreet Partners, um, and I'm going to try not to be redundant over some of the things that Colley's already covered. But um, obviously, we're looking for the the CUP for the uh, climate-controlled storage, and then also bringing the former plane commercial up to um, current-day uses. Um, Subdividing the property into two lots. Uh, this is a layout of the parcel, and I think one thing that's important to note that there's about 70 feet of fall from Price's Fork Road to the rear of the property, and I think that mixed with the charge to connect Crisp Road to the uh, cul-de-sac at Plantation Road really uh, does not allow the property to be developed as one parcel because it, once one piece sits so higher than the other, so, far, so much higher than the other. So... Um, and then colleagues has gone over <clears throat> this image a, a number of times. The rear is lot one where the storage is, the uh, lot two on the front, which uh, we have agreed to do co- you know, conditional use. When what I heard from you guys through our work sessions, I think most of the concern was what was gonna be on the front parcel. So I think r- really where we landed was whatever we do, we're gonna have to come back and present to you to, to the town again. And we're comfortable with that that way uh, you can see, because as, as we sit today, we have no plans for that. Um, obviously, you've seen this plan. you've seen the front the front parcel there. Uh, here's the list of uses. These were all pulled out of the um, planned commercial, with the exception of the of the fast food. And again, I know part of the reason was that some of the fast food classifications, probably a little bit different back when this was written <clears throat> than they are today and uh, obviously we're going to have to do a, a traffic impact analysis for anything we do there but some of, the, some of the uses like a sandwich shop would fall into a fast food category which could be a potential use for that uh, for that parcel if it was developed as a multi-tenant retail site which is why we kept it in. So we're not trying to be obstinate with that but I think working with staff the, the, where we landed was, if you envision something that could be there that could pass the traffic impact analysis that Planning Commission would sign off on, let's put it in there now so it can be there. So I'll, I just wanna, I wanna submit that to you because I, like, I feel like there's a sticking point there with some of the uses, but again, um, we took a lot of the older, antiquated uses out. Uh, Kali added a lot of the, the visuals. Uh, we added the parapet wall for our neighbor, Mr. Dowdy at the Holiday Inn Express. Um, she added these. She, she had these in her presentation. Uh, we've tried to use a, a, a really good mix of materials, which she covered. Stack stone, uh, split face block, insulated metal panels, and corrugated metal articulation on the, on the building. Um, this is the view from Price's Fork Road, as you can see. Um, this is without any building on the front. I just I, I, I show this just so we can see how far down it sits below grade. Um, this is a view from the retreat, uh, what our neighbors would see. Um, and this is a view from the rear of the property, and um, that's the Holiday Express to the left. That's our the the, the back of our project on the right with about twenty five feet of fill dirt to make it developable. Um, I think some things to note with the storage user is these guys are probably the premier operator in the space. Um, they're, a, I put this in here, they're a Glassdoor top 100 place to work. They're very professional. On-site management, nine to six, six days a week. And then it's not 24 hour access, it's 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, it's gated and fenced, um, you know, that's, that's a fence from another project that we would be putting in here. Um, you know, so I think I show that to show that it's not razor wire and pit bulls. This is a nice, this is a nice storage facility that um, I think will be developed with, with a lot of care. Um, and then we updated the pedestrian access. And then last but not least, the bike lane. We, we added this picture at the work session. I know a lot of you guys saw it. So, I, I think really where we, are, I guess our plea is this, and obviously we're at your mercy. So, but just to make my case, would be we've got about 12 feet of bike lane there, and in that little bump out, you've got a big fiber optics hub and telecommunications. And effectively, that bike lane stops at that intersection right now. And we're also adding a paved bike path along the frontage of our property, or along the frontage of Price's Fork Road. We feel like we're meeting that need. Uh, without trying to up, stir up a lot of trouble with all the, the utilities that are in that little node, and I don't, and I I don't know this, I don't know if that's why it was never done in the past, but there's a lot of stuff in that little bump out that, uh, and and I think added to the fact that the bike lane stops there, it does not go across Prices Fork, it doesn't go across 460, that we just felt like we would make the ask and not. Um, and ask for that variance. So, with that, I conclude my presentation and happy to answer any questions.
7: That's for the African. Just a clarification. Yes. <clears throat> Cyclists with bike lanes, we travel with traffic. Right. So technically, that's not the end of the bike lane, that's the beginning of the beginning bike
9: lane. you have the bike lane, okay. Oh.
7: Point, point taken. Well,
0: the yeah, point being, I ride my bike down there a lot, Uh and I go down. Of course, I go down plantation, and I got to sit there and I got to wait for the light. Mm -hmm. Push my bike across. So I'll come up plantation. I'll come across there, and uh, you know I'm going with the light. So traffic at that point until I can hop into the bike lane. So it doesn't bother me. Okay. If, If if it went beyond, went across, you know the bridge. Which at some point in the future, let's hope it does. It'd uh-huh. be a different story. But the right. way it's configured now, it's non-ideal just because of the way you got to ride your bike. You know, you got to ride up plantation
9: if you want to get out and access the other end of the huckleberry. Right. Um, so,
0: anyway. And I think we had some discussion, kind of
9: a, or how many people use the actual asphalt path that goes down to the retreat that we tie into, as opposed to to the bike lane on Prices it. Right. But yeah. we're we're not it's it's not a great setup I I understand
0: what you know staff is recommending but I'd say an implementation even if it were there it's not gonna make much difference so is it worth tearing up fiber optic Um, Who but
2: But I I know we're not having a discussion here but I'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) part of this is to not appease the present it's to prepare for the future and if it's not done now or done with this then when is it going to be done and who's going to have to do it so mm-hmm. that's another important question good point
0: okay any further questions
1: yeah can you go back to your last slide yes sir one right before that uh, does the bike lane come from the left to the right going out prices for from Blacksburg on the same side of the street we're talking about is, it, is there a bike lane on this side? From the left going to the right on the left-hand photo. On the left-hand photo, from the
7: left-hand
1: photo c- coming from left to right? Yeah, coming from Blacksburg. Yeah, no. So it, it doesn't. It, it starts. starts literally on the other side of the stoplight. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wanted to double-check.
0: Because yeah. the only way you can access it, really, is from, if you're coming out, is you come up Plantation, so you're in the road anyway.
7: And then you and wait for the light. light there's an, not there's a not un, not ideal bike path that takes you over pri- uh, pri- um, over 460 business. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're you're kind of popping in and out between you're in traffic, then you're on a thing.
0: If you ride it, you range. ride it once in your life, and you'll never do it again. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I've not been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I, would, I, I would say from a safety standpoint, they ought to put signs up, you know. No bikes. It's a nightmare. Yeah. But, yeah. That's how it's set up now. Any other questions? All
9: right. Thank you. All right. With
0: that, uh, we'll hear from public comment. Uh, would anybody like to address the commission on these uh, combined... Uh, rezoning and CUP. public hearing is great. Would you please state your name and address and that'd be great.
10: Uh, my name is Josh Rigsby. I am the general manager of the property adjacent, the hotel adjacent to the rezoning consideration. Uh, I'm here purely on behalf of the owner, Dennis Dowdy. Uh, he couldn't be here this evening. He's having heart surgery today. Um, so he drafted this letter and asked if I would come and read it. Uh, my name is Dennis Dowdy. I was born and raised in Blacksburg and I've lived here my entire life. I've remained supportive to the town's changes as well as the Planning Commission's attempts to balance growth and other factors that make our town great, including its natural beauty. Uh, regarding the rezoning application and special use permit referenced above, uh, please be advised that our company, Blacksburg Hospitality Group, LLC, DBA Holiday Inn Express & Suites remains opposed to the two applications. Since opening our hotel in August of 2000, we have generated and paid to the town over two and a half million dollars in occupancy taxes and approximately 250,000 in real estate taxes. After having invested millions of dollars in our location and establishing a successful, viable business that furnishes first class services and accommodations to our community, uh, we now feel our continued success is at risk. If this one final parcel, within the PCD is rezoned, it will allow many more varied uses that are that were envisioned, uh, uses, uses then were envisioned in 1987, many of which would challenge the visual integrity of the entire district. While the mini-warehouse project being proposed may offer services or facilities that may be needed in Blacksburg, we feel this particular use would negatively impact the viewshed. We, the town, are committed to protecting. We and the town. Are uh, we purchased our site in 1999 with a full understanding of the building standards and other restrictions that were inherent in the uh, <clears throat> planned commercial district in which we were located. at that time and until just recently we were confident that these restrictions would apply to whoever developed the remaining parcel in this pcd and that our investment would be protected our project was guided by the state and local codes and restricted in restrictions for buffer zones landscaping requirements exterior lighting signage storm water management building heights and materials and other strict uh, but necessary standards this planned commission district commercial district uh, also assured that only certain types of business would, would be located in this district those that were compatible and with and uh, or complementary to our hotel may offer a scenario from the perspective of a guest it's a home football weekend and a group checks into our hotel. As requested, they have been assigned rooms facing west on one of our upper floors. They have stayed with us before and enjoyed the vistas offered by those particular rooms. They entered their rooms and opened the blinds only to see a huge building with the footprint 450, 420 feet long, uh, longer than a football field. But it's not a football field. It's a warehouse with a flat metal roof, no grass or goalposts, no football players, no cheerleaders, just 41,000 square feet of metal roof. And this warehouse is surrounded by asphalt, very little landscaping, and a few feet of sidewalks, all of which are on the other side of the building, and the asphalt is surrounded by a retaining wall that is uh, purported to provide some architectural screening, and there will probably be a a, a high chain link security fence at the top of that retaining wall, Uh, Then comes the buffer zone, which by virtue of the rezoning has been reduced from 35 feet to 15 feet. This zone has been identified as the green area uh, and does not contain any trees, although enough room and none required, only grass. Hopefully, well-maintained grass. Uh, If I'm one of those guests, I immediately close the blind and turn on the television at checkout. Maybe they will say something to the clerk or manager about paying a higher special event rates and then being disappointed with the view or maybe they would just stay somewhere else on their next return to Blacksburg. Thank you for your time and consideration. Any
0: further public comment on these public hearings, the CEP or the rezoning? All right. Hearing none, would the applicant care to rebut any public comment?
9: I'm sorry to hear about mr dowdy i have, he was the first phone call we made before we submitted our application uh tried to obviously work with him on our design on his side and um so one thing i think it's important to note as far as the use goes i, I don't the property was deed restricted against hotels so we uh, hospitality could not go there which is i think was was one of his preferred uses for that and i did meet with the town before we had any plans met with staff as far as what could potentially go on that property. We were steered away against some residential, some other uses. And I just, I want you to know, and Mr. Dowdy, I had this conversation with Mr. Dowdy that we didn't, you know, we put a lot of thought and time into this. This wasn't just done haphazardly without his, without keeping him in the loop. So, but anyway, he's a good, great operator and, and Josh is a great manager. and We've spent a lot of money at your hotel. So <laughs> anyway, that's all I have to say. Okay.
0: I right, hear <coughs> that. Uh, do we have a motion for the rezoning twenty-two zero zero three ordinance two zero zero three? The rezoning motion.
2: Possible to propose some discussion prior to the motion? No. All right. <laughs> and you're gonna get what you get.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get what we get. <laughs>
2: All right, so you already have your, these are the correct exceptions and variances for the rezoning?
4: For the rezoning, it would be the sewer related and bike lane related would be the ones. Thank
2: you for clarifying. Yep.
4: As well as the proffer statement.
2: Okay, so on that, I recommend planning, or I'm sorry, yep. I recommend Planning Commission recommend. Oh, sorry, I move. Geez, I'm completely off. I move Planning Commission recommend approval of rezoning 22-0003, Ordinance 2003, with the sewer-related um, variance, an exception, but to be very clear, without the bike lane-related variance and exception.
0: You have a second. Hearing no second, I propose uh, as an alternate motion for the table. got to have a motion, we've got to have a second. If, we can't, if we're not going to second the first motion, we got to have a second motion.
6: How about I second the motion on the table so that we can have some discussion? Second.
0: <laughs> Great. Okay. We have a motion and second, do we have discussion?
6: I'm afraid I did not
8: hear that. Mr. Reiner, would you mind saying that again? I
6: second Joel's motion. Okay.
0: So we have a motion and a second with the uh, uh, rezoning, the, with the sewer-related uh, exceptions and variances. Uh,
6: but not the bike lane.
0: Yeah. Do we have any discussion?
6: So I have one point, which is maybe where the second got held up. I am struggling with this, not accepting the bike lane variance, um, ignorant question. I am curious, maybe this is for the staff with the recommendation that that variance be denied. Did the town, um, does the town accept what the applicant is saying, which is the enormity of what it will mean to do that? I look at the picture and my brain thinks, surely there's a way to continue that bike lane without disrupting all of that infrastructure. Was that any part of the town's assessment of the ways in which that bike lane could be extended without what the applicant is understandably concerned about, which is the potential for disruption to that infrastructure.
4: So we review that based on the information provided by the applicant and our general knowledge of the existing conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that you can see visibly kind of what's in the picture, but there's not a lot of detail provided by the applicant about the level of what would actually need to be addressed. Um, so we did review it based on our our knowledge of the location, the desired plans and information in those plans that the town has, and then based on kind of the engineering field observation. Um, and I would say that based on those conclusions in consultation with engineering staff, they felt, with a project, with a subdivision and a project of this scale that we, that our recommendation would be to include changes to the bike lane. Can you pull up the pictures again? Um, Do you want to, Craig has better pictures. Is that?
0: Craig, you want to pull up your picture? Well, I
4: can, I can pull them up. I just, I just mean, is this the one you're talking about? Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I mean, would it be acceptable with respect to the bike lane itself? I mean, if they were to just, uh, you know, create some kind of, uh, uh, you know, to essentially take the the curb out, to slope it, so and leave they, the materiality
7: the way it is, question. just yeah. slope it and mountable, like yeah. like in the in make, a, make it so, a
4: so a it's yeah. mountable thing without the like.
7: I mean,
0: without, would that be acceptable?
4: I don't think I understand your question. Well, Remove no. just the curb? Yeah, I mean, just leave it the way it is
0: and just carve, out, carve right? it out. You know, bring that bike lane, uh, you know, cr- just create a slope, create some kind of, um, yeah, I just, I just slope is the best word. That
1: ADA curb cut like all the way around the curb, is that what yeah. you're suggesting? Yeah. yeah, that would work. And it sort of overlapped with what is already there. As and
6: opposed then to
0: just mark do. it. So, I mean, you'd, de- you'd be uh, dealing with a little bump and some materiality change, but you'd still have a lane. And that way you wouldn't have to dig up the whole site to, you know, create the pavement, push, that, push that bump all the way back.
1: And then it's shared oh. sidewalk and bike lane. not yeah. in that bit. That there. little
0: section. Yeah. It would be. I mean, would the town would that town be amenable
1: to? Some, uh, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I'm going with no. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with
0: no. Uh, yeah. You want?
4: Do you want me to answer?
1: Well,
0: I mean, would they be amenable to alternatives? Maybe not okay. that one, but you know, okay. alternatives so, that would would not require, uh, you know, pulling up all the all, all the existing infrastructure.
4: Um, we're happy to continue to work with the applicant on how to achieve that. I think none of that was before us in a proposal. So, again, we kind of evaluate what's before us in the proposal and what's required, and that's that's where we've landed. But we can continue to, you know, work on that and evaluate further based on more information.
2: All right, and I would say part of the reason that. I'm hung up on this, like I said before, about the, the fact that I think we're prepa- we need to prepare for the future
7: mm-hmm.
2: um, is, I, I think it's one issue, but one thing we're also forgetting is the retreat with the bus stop that had to be put in. That development actually had to satisfy the vast majority of what's required for this lot in order to put in the spacing required to do a bus stop and a bike lane. So the applicant's really getting off easy Um, they actually don't even have to fix their entire section. So I think in the the realm of everyone in the town providing open space and contributing to the greater good, this is a contribution to the greater good, and it's one of my, we didn't talk about open space, but one of the things that I had with this is it's a confined development, so I wasn't completely hooked on the staff ask for 20% open space, although I thought it was reasonable, because of having to make conditions like this for connectivity and whatnot. So I, I do think that they're getting a lot for what they're giving is is one of the reasons why I'm in favor of it. Yeah,
0: what do you think's the, fe- what's the future? What, what are we planning for here?
2: Well, the few, I mean, it's, uh, Jerry might be able to speak well, more uh, specifically to this, but there is a project in place to get people more efficiently and safely across that bridge okay. uh, that's high on the list I don't know where exactly on the list well it the staff report and it, uh, you mentioned it
7: right that there's the, you, we did the whole study for the prices fork corridor
4: so the the prices fork road safety and mobility study does look at the entire corridor from the roundabout all the way out to the town limits and mm-hmm. does suggest conditions f- um, for future build in this area and it does um, you know, we do note that they are proposing the trail along this frontage, but this does include trail as well as bike lane is proposed in this location. So that's the piece that we're, um, we're speaking to. Is so, so that is the proposed in the study, condition. is
0: there a proposal to get over the bridge? There is. Um,
4: I'm gonna need to defer to engineering staff i do think there's been work on we've had several conversations over time with vdot related to that because that is a vdot controlled bridge because of the intersection or the interchange um i do believe there's been some beginnings of either planning work or request for funding for planning work on how to um, how to make improvements to that Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely noted as um an issue that we'd like addressed. Okay. Any
0: further discussion? On the rezoning. So we have a motion and a second on the rezoning. No further discussion. All those in favor of the motion and a second? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? None? Great. Okay. Do we have a motion and a second on the CUP.
2: I move Planning Commission recommend approval of CUP 22 0006 um, with all of the listed exceptions and variances for unit doors, parking above maximum, sewer, and not the bike lane. Wow, I just got. Sideswipe. That one's on the, the bike lanes. On there again. So again, not the bike lane.
4: I'll second. And, oh, pardon. To clarify, and with s- the conditions.
2: Recommended staff conditions.
6: Second.
0: A motion and a second. Any discussion on the cp All right. Hearing none. All those in favor of the motion, and second. Aye. All right. Post. <laughs> you, you well, have. Oh, we have one opposed mm-hmm. great excellent all right moving on uh, the final uh, public hearing for tonight rezoning 22004 ordinance 207 request to rezone 44 acres of vacant land to plan residential at uh, 1006 grade <coughs> road has been postponed uh, public hearing was canceled and is uh, in accordance with the consent agenda uh, is proposed for a public hearing on March 7th. With that, we come to citizen comment. This is an opportunity for citizens to speak to the commission on any issue. uh, uh, The public hearings that we had tonight or any public or any issue
11: Good evening. Uh, my name's Tom Bo Jones. I live at 1224 Village Way South in the village of Toms Creek. and I'm here tonight on behalf of the Toms Creek Sustainability Coalition. I want to first thank each of you for the time and effort that you put into making Blacksburg a very desirable place to live and a place that we are all proud to call home. <clears throat> I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak here tonight sharing with you some of the things we support about the Glade Springs Road Crossing Subdivision, sorry, Glade Springs Crossing Subdivision and also share with you some of the things we're gravely concerned about. I'm aware that the actual public hearing, as you just stated, is, uh, is in March and not tonight, but this is the first opportunity um, that we have had to speak, and there have been multiple opportunities that we have been here and listened to the uh, developer speak, and so we would appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit tonight about our concerns. We've been careful to consider your time, and been. we're not just gonna stand up here and repeat each other. We've, uh, we've thought about this long and hard about our concerns, and we're gonna address those in a very methodical manner tonight. You may recall from correspondence via email that our coalition um, gathered 223 signatures from residents who were voicing their opposition to the the proposal, largely and mainly because of the high density that's being proposed and the problems that are associated with that, as well as safety uh, centered around the increased traffic that the study that this proposal brought forth uh, that would be uh, brought to our neighborhood uh, from the connectivity that's proposed i want to say that our coalition supports the town's effort to create affordable housing however we feel that there are a number of red flags in this proposal <coughs> tonight you will hear from multiple members of our coalition who will speak to these concerns we're each in green to show a little bit of a uh, um, continuity of our concerns and so you'll recognize each of us And we're gonna share some specifics specifics around why bringing affordable housing to Blacksburg is to be applauded, but doing so by saturating this property with densely crowded set of homes will depart from this commission's long history of putting safety and environmental impact at the forefront of all decisions. We're prepared to share why this is the wrong project for this property and appreciate your willingness to listen to our concerns with both an open mind and a concern for our community. Thank you.
12: Hi there i've been there before i'm guy ac i live at uh, 1221 village way south and i want to thank you for your time this evening and the opportunity to speak to you first off as uh, tombo mentioned affordable housing is a commendable and needed goal for the town of blacksburg the mere fact that the town has generated an rfp and is offering two million as an incentive to achieve this goal shows the merit and importance of this objective and we completely agree with it that said, the current GSC proposal is simply the wrong vehicle in terms of delivering affordable housing as it requires too many sacrifices around key sta- town standards such as safety, environmental stewardship, and sustainability goals. Affordable housing is indeed needed in Blacksburg, but the current proposal for the site is problematic prominently and overwhelmingly due to the requested density. Affordable housing can be built on this parcel but this proposal's overbearing density is less than ideal. Currently, the land is zoned for R1, and future land use plans could allow the parcel to be developed four times that density, allowing the original plat of 44 units to expand to 176 units. And the proposed plans plan to develop all 176 units, yielding a somewhat reasonable density of 3.9 units per acre. Yet, the dense southern end of the proposal is simply packed in at approximately eight units per acre, twice the overall density. The core issue that drives many of the proposal's problems, as noted, is density. It's simply too great for what the topography and watershed can reasonably support. The applicant says density is necessary for the project to be successful, and that affordable housing requires, air quotes, a different approach and way of thinking about land management. That may be true to force fit this development onto the current parcel, but the town and the state standards have been developed from time-tested rationale and sacrificing these standards to numerous variances to gain 24 affordable homes is a recipe for long-term issues for both the town and the residents. Additionally, the applicant has repeatedly stated that many of the variance requests have been submitted to allow higher density and reduced development costs attempting to reduce developer costs is typically not a valid reason for considering a variance nor should it be we strongly suggest that the planning commission ask for an overall 3d rendering of the proposal is it would fit on the proposed topography visualizing the high density southern end as it sits on the steepest slope review a 3d model of the connector road to village way south given the existing grades and easements, and consider the encroachment of the northern homes onto the watershed. The concept of a square peg and a round hole comes to mind. With enough force and money, the peg can indeed be jammed into any hole. That certainly doesn't mean it's a good idea, nor is this proposed offer. Thanks for your time and attention.
13: Good evening, my name is uh, Lisa Acey and my home is 1221 Village Way South. Um, As Guy noted, this proposal's uncontrolled density creates a myriad of cascading issues that require a multitude of variance requests. Given no allowances for garage and an expectation of two cars per unit, this proposal will become a sea of asphalt and shingles. With problems concerning turnarounds, drainage issues, safety issues, environmental issues, and a minimal amount of planned tree canopy, these last issues lead to the aggravation of stormwater temperature concerns, and Tom's Creek is already listed by the DEQ as a thermally impaired system stream. Reducing density would help. It allows for sidewalks, more upfront canopy, and reduce the number of parking spaces required. There are several variance requests that have specific long-term impact to the, to the town in terms of both potential safety and liability concerns. First, variance requests for sidewalks on Street A and E. The developers indicated that sidewalks are not critical to the development. They also argue that ditches make installation of sidewalks difficult, and that density of the proposed development may suffer if a sidewalk is required. Maximizing the density of the development should not be a primary concern driving the town's consideration of this proposal. The primary concern should be to maximize safety. Second, driveways and parking. The current proposal requests to reduce the setback from the edge of a driveway to a property line, and it requests that parking spaces be allowed to back directly onto the street. This has obvious safety concerns, and effectively, portions of the roads will look like parking lots, with only a roll-top curb separating the parking spaces from the street. Off-street parking is the standard in Blacksburg for a reason, and that reason is safety. The applicant says density is necessary for the project to be successful but it is this very density that makes this project inappropriate for the site. The variances requested for the the project seem to be to increase density and drive down the development cost, with many of these requests negatively affecting the environment, safety, and quality of life aspects. The current proposal is simply wrong for this parcel for a myriad of reasons, which will be further detailed by other coalition members. Thanks for your time.
14: Hello, Uh, my name is Rebecca Weaver-Hightower, and I live at 1207 Village Way South. Um, As a member of the Toms Creek Sustainability Coalition, I've met with just about all of you. Thanks again for your time Uh, to discuss the environmental impact of the proposed development of the Toms Creek Watershed. As you know, my position is that we shouldn't have to make a choice between affordable housing and protecting the environment. Uh, If there's one thing that we've learned from watching development elsewhere, including on Stroubles Creek, is that it's much more difficult and costly to try to repair the environment after poor development decisions than to just make the right decisions in the first place. The proposed development is just too much for this ecologically delicate watershed, which is why it's zoned as it is now, RR1. Nothing has changed about the land to warrant the change in density that you were discussing. In fact, quoting the town's own report on the predicted effects of climate change Projected increases in temperature and flooding make the protection of watersheds like this one more important than ever. I urge you to take the time to visit the watershed and walk the steep slopes of the valley. Imagine them covered in asphalt and dense housing of this proposal, and then imagine how anyone can control the flow of warmed and polluted water that runs down the valley. A less concentrated development, one that also includes affordable housing, would not put the same stress on the environment as this proposal. Further, the proposed development's arguments for the mitigation of ecological harm through holding ponds just don't, if you'll excuse the pun, hold water. I have emailed you the design specifications for wet and dry ponds that explain why they aren't recommended for trout streams like Tom's Creek. I have sent you information from community members like Tess Thompson, Virginia Tech professor of biological systems engineering who couldn't be here tonight, that show that the proposed wet and dry ponds will not manage the harm of past and future development overdevelopment, but will in fact further raise the temperature of Toms Creek when it's already federally classified as a 303-D impaired waterway because of elevated temperature. The ponds won't be able to mitigate the synthetic compounds beyond phosphorus that enter waterways from impermeable surfaces like driveways, roofs, and roads especially not with the scale of development being proposed. And I believe that additional wetlands that have been discovered within the boundary of the currently designed pond, which will require redesign that may have impacts on lot layout and open space in the permitting process through the Army Corps of Engineers. In brief, this proposed development is too much for this plot of land. I urge you to please send this back to Eden & Associates and ask for another plan one that both includes affordable housing and sustainable density. It's not an either or choice. The developer can do both. And thank you for your time and service and for making the, the town of Blacksburg green.
15: Good evening, my is Steven Schoenholtz and I live at 1201 Glen Cove Lane, uh, two properties directly downstream from the Glade Springs Crossing property. I've spent my professional career studying effects of land use on hydrology and water quality of small headwater streams, such as those that occur on the Glade Springs property. Based on my decades of research experience, I can state that a land disturbance on steep slopes and conversion to high density housing with impervious surfaces to the degree proposed in the current rezoning application will have devastating and long-term impacts on flooding and water quality on site and downstream from the property. You cannot create the degree of disturbance involving road construction, grading, moving dirt, establishing a sewer system, and housing construction without long-term impacts on downstream water. The proposed stormwater management concept plan presents pre and post development predictions of flooding based on historical rainfall data for Blacksburg. What happens to stormwater for the years, several years, during development between pre and post when there's massive disturbance across much of the site? This has not been addressed. What happens to streamwater quality? When a creek overlay crossing delineated to protect the actual glade spring itself, its resulting year-round stream and wetlands is excavated to establish sewer pipes, a sewer pump station, and has seven housing lots with boundaries inside the overlay. With climate change, it's already evident that frequency, intensity, and duration of storms in our area is increasing. The models presented in the stormwater management concept plan do not consider this predicted future increase in stormwater events. They're based on historical records. I stand before you expressing concern for proper stormwater management and protection of existing valuable water resources within the Tom's Creek Basin. Unfortunately, based on the proposed rezoning and high density development on the site, I find it very unlikely that the amount and quality of stormwater heading downstream from the Glades Springs property will be controlled to the degree predicted in the rezoning application. As such, Tom's Creek and its basin will be negatively impacted, And once that happens, there'll be little we can do to remedy the impact. If this rezoning application is denied, The town of Blacksburg has an opportunity to improve its management of stormwater with low impact development and proper stormwater best management practices on this site. I ask that this be given every consideration in your planning and permitting process as part of Blacksburg's efforts towards smart, sustainable growth. Thank you very much.
16: Uh, My name is Ottilum Bushy, and I live at 1222 Village Way South. Thank you all for listening to us tonight. Firstly, I would like to stress that I am not anti-growth. Neither am I anti-development. I attended the special meeting on the development of the Tom's Creek Basin last week, and it was uh, very interesting, really informative. I would, however, like to highlight some traffic concerns arising from the proposal um, at Glade Springs Crossings Development GSC in its current form. The traffic study from 21 and 22 states on page three that it uses conservative estimates, but it still generates over 1,700 daily trips from this development. The study only factored in three of the new local developments being built as having an impact, the union, the farm, and Berwick. The hub and 1435 have not been included despite having 1,500-plus bedrooms or potential cars between them. These two new developments are on Toms Creek Road and I think they should have been counted. The study mentions connections with local two-way roads Redbud and Honeysuckle intersecting Toms Creek. It doesn't mention the actual connecting road of Village Way South. Village Way South is a local road with no sidewalks divided by a sloped median creating a one-way road with a potentially confusing intersection. The houses have minimal setbacks as also. According to the study, Village Way South would see a threefold increase in traffic, creating unsafe roads for residents. I think it notes that on page four, if I'm not mistaken. The proposed new BWS and GSC connecting road will barely be two lanes wide with a steep slope and sharp turns, creating yet more safety concerns. There is currently no (coughs) pedestrian or bike connectivity in the plan, without adjacent homeowners' consent. When you consider that approximately 3,000 pedestrians are killed on American streets every year on neighborhood roads, it is really bizarre not to safeguard them at the planning stage. That was an environmental working group study called Mean Streets. The developer did propose an alternate solution that we would ask you to look at using VWS as emergency and pedestrian bike access. We all want to see the right kind of affordable development in Blacksburg. In its current form, Glade Springs Crossing isn't it. Thank you very much for your time.
17: Good evening, my name is Chris Bundren. I live at 1219 Village Way South. I would like to share some of our safety concerns with the Glade Springs Crossing neighborhood and specifically the driveway variances being requested by the developer on the south side. First, the elimination of the driveway spacing between properties from three to zero feet will greatly increase the blind spots and the hazards for vehicles leaving driveways into street traffic. More frequent accidents could occur. These streets are steep and have curves and already make it more difficult to see. The variances will create a continuous row of driveways along the streets with much reduced visibility. Instead of individual driveways, it will look like a parking lot along the streets. But drivers will be backing into a busy street, not into just a parking space. The sidewalk design between the driveway and the street also pose a hazard to walkers, runners, and young bicyclists, which the developer emphasizes is a key feature of the development. Does VDOT allow perpendicular parking on public streets while backing over sidewalks? Is this something the town engineers could investigate? We would appreciate it. Second, the variance to reduce driveway distance from the intersections from no closer to 50 feet to only 20 feet will also create an additional safety hazard. There will be reduced time for street traffic to react when turning into an intersection if the vehicles are backing into the street at the same time and then vice versa for those backing in, backing out. Furthermore, the roll-top curve design will allow unrestricted access to vehicles to enter the streets beyond the driveway widths. This creates more chances for collisions with walkers, runners, and young bicyclists since they do not be able to accurately predict where the vehicle is exiting the driveway. The developer mentions the request the 15 mile per hour speed limit would be reasoning for these variances, but that speed doesn't really seem realistically to follow, specifically on steep grades. This is all before you would consider other factors. There's the issue of the guest parking and units that have more than two vehicles per household. The developer mentions there will be spots limited on limited segments along the roadways, but what happens when they are full? Either way, this will create more obstacles and more opportunities for collisions and poor lines of sight. What happens on garbage days and recycling days when there's over 100 garbage cans and recycling rollouts lining the streets and the sidewalks when there's no space allotted between units. And there's delivery trucks. As we know, there's always frequent UPS and FedEx, and then people like to have food delivered at all times of the day. This creates even more potential accidents. In the end, the developer uses the justification that they want. They need a higher density. but what cost and what liability? Thank you for your time.:
18: Good evening, and uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to speak today. My name is Lucy Touchton. I live at 12:13, Village Way south, and our house directly backs up to the proposed development. I want to stress that I am not against developing this space, and that I appreciate the effort to create affordable housing. However, I do question the way this is being done, and believe that the clustered density is way too high for a property that has a challenging topography. I'm the mom of two small children, and I want to speak about my concerns for the safety of the people, families, and the children, both in the proposed development and in the village of Tom's Creek. As members of the Planning Commission, it is your responsibility to ensure (coughs) that new developments keep everyone safe. You're being asked to approve a zoning change that will have major consequences for both neighborhoods. The proposed street in connection to Village Way South will make the village of Toms Creek and the new development a through street, a a shortcut to get to Kroger faster. The traffic study, which is very conservative, has shown that this will significantly increase the traffic to and from all neighborhoods in the area. So why do I think that increase in traffic is going to be a problem? First Villageway South has no sidewalks, and the proposal for Gladespring crossings also does not have sidewalks everywhere. Therefore, our children and other pedestrians have to walk and ride their bikes right on the street to get to a friend's house. The speed limit on Village Way South is 25 miles per hour, which is the same as on the busy Toms Creek Road, for example. This is currently not a big issue as the traffic is low, but with the proposed through street, not only the amount of cars, but also the speed at which they drive will increase. Due to the density of the proposed development and the topography of the area, cars may not see a child walking or biking on the street, or even on the sidewalks that they are proposing. I also worry about how the sidewalks can safely be be graded for pedestrians on that slope, while still having appropriately graded driveways and parking. The topography of the area provides challenges that are not addressed in the proposal. And lastly, another big concern is the point where the new neighborhood is proposed to connect to Village Way South, as the incline there is so steep that cars will speed up to gain momentum. Paired with absolutely no visibility into the intersection and the fact that our median, which is the only place where people can actually safely walk without getting onto the street, ends exactly there. The proposal can only result in injuries and potential fatalities. I'm thankful to the developer for proposing a different solution. Create a connection only for pedestrians, bikes, and emergencies. This will ease our safety concerns and create connectivity for the people living in both neighborhoods. I hope that the Planning Commission will take another look at the solution. Thank you.
8: My name is Heidi Slee, and I live on 1209 Village Way South, and I'm also here to talk about the concern regarding the connectivity between the glade spring development and village way south and again a reminder that connection was supposed to be for 44 homes not 170 plus Um, this connection will create a substantial increase in the traffic in our neighborhood Um, and unlike toms creek which this our neighborhood will become um, toms creek road uh, has sidewalks, they have marked crossings for pedestrians and bicyclists, they have um, right of ways, and they have street lights. We have none of those on Village Way South. Uh, we have a community in our, and we gather in our, each other's yards, we gather on the street. If we create a busy traffic like we're d- potential, we have the potential for, we'll lose that we'll lose what we have, which is a community and a neighborhood. And as neighbors, we see the benefit of the connectivity between the two neighborhoods. We don't object to emergency vehicle. We don't object to the bike pass. We don't object to the walking pass, but what we do object to is the vehicle traffic. And so my question to the town would be number one, has any of you folks been to our neighborhood and seen, where this connection is going to be and also been there in the evenings when kids are out playing and the families are out congregating or people like my husband and I taking walks in the evening, there is nothing there to protect us other than us paying attention. So I'd like to suggest if you haven't, please come out to our neighborhood, feel free to come. You can sit on my porch and see the kind of traffic that we have. It's very minimal. And also if the if the town does promote this plan, what kind of safety measures will we enact for the people that live in that neighborhood since we don't have bike paths crossings thank you
19: my name is vicky fix i live at 1301 village way south Glade Spring Crossing cites its commitment to environmental and social justice in the introduction to its plan. While the landscaping plans will save developer costs, these plans are not environmentally sound and do not provide social justice. The Blacksburg Comprehensive Plan indicates the town should maintain or increase its 30.2% tree canopy coverage. The Blacksburg Municipal Code requires one street tree for every 30 feet. GSC proffers promise one street tree for every 80 feet in the north part and one street tree for every 100 feet in the south. They will have few trees in a sea of pavement. Lot owners are supposed to plant one tree in the front side or rear yard. GSC can't require them to plant those trees in the front yards in the south area because there isn't room for tree roots on many of the lots given the amount of pavement. Solar heating on the wet pond will very likely increase the temperature of water downstream, further impairing Tom's Creek. Substantial canopy over the wet pond would help combat this. GSC is promising one tree every 50 feet. Will these trees be close enough to provide good canopy? Also, the pond is so wide that this canopy will miss much of the center area of the pond. Good canopy over the spring and stream areas will also help reduce temperature. Again, one tree every feet is that close enough to provide good cover. Most of the trees on the property will be removed with only small areas of existing woodlands remaining. The rest of the open space area, not in the Creek Valley overlay, will come from bulldozed land. The soil will be compacted, and compacted soil requires a minimum of 10 years to recover. Invasives thrive on compacted soil. GSC is promising to plant two trees every quarter acre. If they want these areas to have a chance of becoming something beautiful, They need to plant more native perennials, shrubs, and trees to get these areas off to a good start. These lots are meant to be workforce and affordable housing. For true social and environmental justice, these homeowners should be able to walk down streets with good tree canopy and to enjoy views of beautiful open space and riparian areas that do not increase the temperature of Tom's Creek. Thank you for your time.
20: My name is Mike Stein. I live at 1225 Village Way South. Today my con- concerns relate to the Gladespring Crossing Access Road as it connects to Village Way South. Um, I'd like to urge you to make this road a pedestrian and emergency access only to make Blacksburg safe. The intersection of the access road with Village Way South currently has four one-way roads, two walking paths that enter to the middle of the intersection not the edge like a standard sidewalk. Three driveways within 15 feet, two of which will be less than five feet from the final intersection. If the access road is built, this will add a road and a sidewalk to the confusion. When a car parks in the driveway of 1301, the sight lines for oncoming traffic are non-existent. With a car parked on the street in front of 1301, 1225, 1300, and 1224, Navigating the intersection becomes extra challenging. Add a bus or truck and it becomes impossible. An added danger is not a single sidewalk to the west, only the path to the east. There is not another road in Blacksburg like this. This confusing intersection is a safety nightmare for the residents of Blacksburg. Make this road pedestrian and emergency access only and make Blacksburg safe. The developer has requested multiple variances to build a road that is not to code. It will not fit within the boundaries of the easement. I urge you, do not force a road into a small space by cutting corners and compromising safety when there is a clear alternative that encourages safety for cars and pedestrians alike. Make the road pedestrian and emergency access only and make Blacksburg safe. The town of Blacksburg states The retaining wall needed for the road must be maintained. It is not the responsibility of any homeowner to maintain any public road or street anywhere in the town of Blacksburg. It is unethical and irresponsible for the town to put a retaining wall on my property and that of 1301 and then expect us to maintain it at our cost. If the town wants the road, the town must build it and maintain the road on the too narrow easement and maintain it themselves. Make this road pedestrian and emergency access only. Make Blackbird safe. There are too many problems with this road. Simply put, the easement is too narrow and the intersection at the top is absolutely horrendous. Every person who walks, drives, bikes, runs, moves through this intersection will be put at grave danger. Seek other alternatives. Look at your community suggestions. There is a safer solution. I repeat, there is a safer solution. And one last time, make this road pedestrian and emergency access only and make Blacksburg safe. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it.
21: My name is uh, Dean Spader. I live at 1301 Village Way South. I wish to state one important idea and make one small suggestion. Neighborhoods are fundamental, but fragile. It is hard to create a good neighborhood, but easy to damage and destroy it. People live in neighborhoods, damage the neighborhood and you damage people. The authors of the Smart Growth Manual state this idea very clearly. Growth should be organized as neighborhoods. Traditional villages, towns and cities across the centuries and across cultures are all assembled from the same building block of the neighborhood. The smart growth of a region can be measured by the strength of the neighborhoods. Therefore, smart growth strengthens and preserves neighborhoods because neighborhoods are fundamental. Quote, it is clear that the form of our our communities is the fundamental determinant of so many things that matter. And a half century of dumb growth has put our nation and our species in a precious in a precarious position. What is this half century of dumb growth that destroyed so many neighborhoods? It is the decision of planners that give priority to the efficiency of car traffic rather than to the priority of preserving established neighborhoods. Nothing destroys a neighborhood like increased car traffic. In short, dumb growth sacrifices neighborhoods to promote speedy car connectivity through neighborhoods. Smart growth promotes connectivity of neighbors within neighborhoods. This type of smart growth promotes walkability, biking, safety, security from speeding traffic, neighbors carrying on curbside conversations as they meander through quiet neighborhoods, as Heidi suggests. These values, not traffic efficiency, are the many things that matter in a neighborhood. Make this access road between GSC and Village Way South a smart growth decision. Make it a walking bike path. Thank you.
22: Hi there, I'm Tracy Sterling. I live at 1211 Village Way South. Thank you guys for giving us a chance to chat tonight, given this wasn't on the agenda. Let me start by saying that in concept, the Glade Springs Crossing proposal is appealing. The town is dealing with a very real housing crisis and the developer came to you with a proposed solution. As a longtime Blacksburg resident, this particular developer offered to do something unique and that should not be overlooked. Regarding the 24 affordable homes, I'd like to point out that only 10 are truly affordable as defined by HUD. Of course, the Blacksburg housing market is unique given that external influences have a real and direct impact on home prices, thus the need to consider variances up to 120% for average median income. However, it's clear it's the 10 HUD homes that are driving the $2 million ARPA funding and the speed in which the developer is asking for approval. After reading through the application, I have several questions for the Planning Commission to consider. Is it normal for a developer to ask for full funding of two million upfront before a single unit is built, much less without a detailed timeline guaranteeing completion of all 24 units within a particular time frame? Or is it acceptable to leave language as is, such as completion of phase one or phase two? Other than the mandate to sell the 10 HUD homes by June, 2026, The remaining 14 units will be completed and or sold at the developer's discretion based solely on timing of construction of the houses that are fair market value based on development at the village of Tom's Creek that took over 15 years. Is the town ready to wait that long for all 24 affordable homes? Is it typical for a proposal to request flexibility in home style, size and lot location as it relates to affordable homes? or should the town hold the developer to more specifics such as exact home square footage, exact lot size, and exact location to ensure these 24 units are not an afterthought, yet truly considered an effort to ensure fair and equitable living spaces? Along with all the requested variances discussed, like parking, sidewalks, curves, and unmanaged landscape, is it fair to assume the current proposal places cost saving (coughs) measures and intense density over consideration for marrying the surrounding neighborhoods and their density, excluding the farm in which this developer was also involved. Is it typical to expect the developer to be solely responsible for ARPA and HUD compliance and reporting if that is not their proven ex- expertise? And finally, is it common for a developer to reconfigure HUD's existing formula for calculating gross monthly income by excluding utilities when HUD clearly states utilities should be included? In the name of flexibility and cost efficiency, some very basic questions remain, all in the name of these 24 affordable houses. It is my sincere hope that Gladespring Crossing proposal is not an all or nothing deal, yet provides opportunity to evolve over time with the input and consideration for the community. Please vote no on rezoning on March 7th. Thank you.
23: I live at 1209 Village Way South. So to go along with the idea of the timeline, so if you look at the critical need that you're addressing with your funds from federal government, of course, to um, affordable housing, where is the plan to deliver on what's being asked? So why don't we have a complex design on exactly how your monies are going to be spent, when you're going to get what you paid for, and how it's going to meet the needs of the town? You can see myself and the members of my community are not opposed to development, nor are we certainly not opposed to affordable housing has been implicated at times in the media. We're absolutely for affordable housing. So where is the evidence that you're going to get the affordable housing outcomes in a particular timeline that references your $2 million investment? Thanks for listening.
24: My name is Gloria Schoenholtz and I live at 1201 Glen Cove Lane. In my comments today, I would like to give voice to someone whose voice has not been heard in this discussion. I would like to speak for the spring whose name inspired the development project called Glade Spring Crossing. I hope that by now you've had a chance to walk that 45 acre parcel that includes Glade Spring to get acquainted with this phenomenal natural feature. It is a bubbling pool of the cleanest water that you will ever see. It is a place where Blacksburg's underground aquifer reaches the surface and discharges to create a perennial spring with superior water quality. For many generations, this water has been a source of drinking water for humans, farm animals, and wildlife. in the Toms Creek Basin. Unlike many other historical springs in Blacksburg, this one has not yet been forced underground, piped, covered over, and polluted. I hope we will strive to keep it that way. Near the spring, there are other places where fresh, clean water is seeping from the ground. These areas contain natural wetlands and are federally protected because of their inherent value as habitat for unique plants and animals. Like the spring, we should strive to protect this area rather than purposely disturb it. Glade Springs serves as the pristine headwaters for a tributary of Tom's Creek that flows through several private land parcels along Shadow Lake Road. The stream flows through forests and fields, nurturing a great diversity of plants and animals huge trees poplars sycamores cherries and walnuts create a natural canopy and habitat for birds and mammals this is the glade spring wildlife corridor the reason i'm describing this spring is because we all stand to lose it and its environmental services services along with it bulldoves Bulldozers will disturb and compact the entire 45-acre watershed that feeds this spring system. Is that what we want? Does the high-density plan in the GSC proposal conserve and protect existing natural resources? Or does it propose that we muck them up now and try to fix them later? We can look to the comprehensive plan for guidance here. It says... We intend to be a community that places a very high value on environmental stewardship. We should know we should protect perennial streams and wetlands and improve watershed management practices. We should identify areas of high concern or high conservation value before development begins. We should protect wildlife habitat and natural corridors. And finally, We know that our choices and actions can either support or or degrade critical natural resources. We must be wise stewards. Thank you.
25: Hello, my name is Casey Hodges. I live at 1223 Village Way South. Like Steven, my career has led me to understand this process better because I am a civil engineer. I work for a local company that helps clients develop property. So I want to be clear that I'm here in a personal capacity as a concerned citizen for this particular project. I'm not against development, and I understand that the property that I live adjacent to will be developed. I understand that each site presents unique challenges with respect to utilities, topography, stormwater traffic, and safety. Sometimes variants are requested to address site-specific challenges. This is common, but variances should not be considered lightly. The end goal is to find a product that works for each site, which meets the town's vision and all appropriate development standards and laws. This requires communication with the town and various agencies such as VDOT, the Army Corps of Engineers, and the Department of Environmental Quality and more. Much of the town code is written to do more than just meet minimum law. The code outlines general practices for all topics that include items to address long-term issues such as the protection of the environment, the unique characteristics of different areas of town and different types of development. I've also seen the effects of overdevelopment resulting in problems that are difficult to address and create long-term issues for their communities. I was very interested last week when the work session included a speaker talking about helping the town to develop new code for small lot type residential subdivisions. It has been clear for several years that something like this is needed and that the town needs to take the time to find appropriate places to pursue this type of overlay and to develop ordinances that properly address the issues that smaller lot development and increased density place on the town systems and the neighboring communities, which include parking, landscaping, utilities, and more. This needs to be thoughtfully considered as topography and protection of environmental features should be in the forefront of these discussions as what can be managed on a flatter site is not the same thing as what can be managed on a steeper site. The Glade Springs proposed PRD includes over a dozen variance requests to incorporate the small lot development into a parcel that zoned RR1 with steep topography, several springs and wetlands, and existing stormwater and utility concerns. Many of these variances raise serious concerns over safety, environmental protection, and quality of life. If approved, these variances will set precedent for small lot development before the town can thoughtfully integrate new code. Due to the number and significance of these variances, it shows that this is not the right site for this project. Please do not rush through a project of this magnitude for a short-term solution to a single problem, and please consider the long-term goals of the town, the impact that this proposed development has on the Toms Creek Basin and developments to come. Thank you for your time and consideration.
26: My name is Roser Bushy, I live at 1222 Village Way South. It's been said numerous times throughout this process that the village of Toms Creek is being used as a model for Glade Springs Crossing. I believe if our voices are heard and our legitimate concerns are acted upon, we can accommodate a new community to the south of the village of Toms Creek that meets the goals of affordable housing, safety, and environmental stewardship. My neighbors have outlined a number of areas that need to be considered in the proposal of GSC affordable housing, density, stormwater issues, traffic congestion, road safety, parking, pedestrian connectivity, landscaping, environmental concerns, the timeline of development, and unfortunately, the distasteful choice laid on the doorstep of two of my neighbors to provide large swaths of their own property to make up for inefficient planning or to have an inadequate or dangerous road nearby. In a few short years, the town of Blacksburg will have signed off on more than 800 new housing units, if we include the 100 plus um, for GSC, reminding me of several years ago when the university signed off on allowing thousands more students without the necessary infrastructure to accommodate them. I fear the town is taking that mistake and compounding it, ignoring the science and forward thinking of town leaders past who provided laws and rules specifically designed to prevent such an occurrence. Specifically, the farm nearby was built with two variances, that is, two exceptions to rules that were in place for reasons of sustainable growth. Currently, GSC has requested an astounding 13 variances, 13 opportunities to undo rules thought important enough to enact, 13 opportunities to set ourselves up for failure, 13 opportunities to look back when catastrophe strikes homeowners and GSC due to floods exacerbated by variances, 13 opportunities to question ourselves when tragedy strikes a child walking in a community that gave more consideration to automobile convenience than to their safety. We have 13 opportunities to regret the choices made after it is too late to undo the damage, but you have one opportunity to make a decision based on science, safety, and environmental best practice, and to honor the foresight of those who came before you and who set us on a path to environmentally conscious sustainable growth. And I would like to end really quickly with a quote. It's, uh, it's not a very famous quote. In fact, it's not a very old quote, but I'm sure you have all heard it as it was uttered 70 minutes ago by Mr. Herbine. The idea is not to appease the present, but to prepare for the future. Thank you.
21: anything further
7: anyone
0: you <laughs> are in green would you like to
7: yeah I'm wearing <laughs> green you want to- <laughs> yeah great
0: well thank you for your comments um, we'll move on to unfinished business zoning ordinance review committee we have not met we are going to meet we're, we're trying to meet uh, the end of this month first of March
1: historic or
0: design review board
1: Adarva has not met in the past month, but we are scheduled to meet on Monday. Montgomery
0: County Planning Commission.
2: Montgomery County Planning Commission did not meet in January.
0: <clears throat> Any additional items from Planning Commissioners. I none. We'll move on to new business. Chair's report. I have none. Planning Director's report. None. Town Council report. No,
7: I would. I would say, as our engaged citizens have already stated, we did have a presentation at last week's work session uh, to talk about the possibility of more smaller lot development. Um, And we're going to start moving forward with a study, uh, hiring a consultant to kind of work through that.
0: Great. That sounds wonderful. And with that, we stand adjourned. Thank you.